Stardate 97076.1. Welcome to episode three <laughs> of the Stardate Podcast. We are your hosts, the Great Beanimus, Lepidant, the, Icono, the Iconoplast. You want to say your name again for the record? No, I don't. Like I said, this is possibly episode three, depending on when you're listening to this. Because non-linearly, it's episode non-linearly, it is episode two. Technically, you are technically correct. The best, the kind. best kind of correct. Because what we have on the docket today is, I will admit, not my my subject, not my forte. Uh, time travel for real this time, because the last episode was called Red Tech Time Travel, and we didn't really touch about touch and in, get into that at all. Not a bit. So, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll put time travel last. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And if we get we'll to see. it, we get to it. We'll try to get to that. Um, also, we've touched on it in the past, but probably try to dig into this even more. The nobility of the Federation. What does that entail? Is Starfleet an invasive species? Why must redshirts always die? Yeah, Easily. Easily. Possibly the Prime Directive. And an interesting thing, what is a ship's counselor? Who is a ship's counselor? Who is a ship's counselor? Who is the real ship's counselor? Would it be your... Well, the real ship's counselor. Please, please stand, stand up. up. <laughs> Would it be your barkeep down in 10 forward? Or your trained Betazoid with a master's degree in everything. psychology and everything? You only got a master's degree? I don't know. Man, she she's has. lame. Aren't they supposed to be doctors? She has something. Doc- she studied A something. doctorate of psychology? She doesn't have a commission, technically. Well, until season six. I mean, started at four, six, so it was four. <laughs> point two. It was four, four something point three, actually. It's when, yes. she, it's when she actually started wearing a proper uniform. It was after the Battle of Wolf 359. Yes, yeah. Wolf 359. Yes. So that's another topic for a future. She stopped it wearing is. these weird, like, evening gowns to work. Well, I mean, they kind of brought that whole back with Seven of Nine later, so. Yeah. You really complaining about that? Thing? Not a bit. So, anyway, we're uh, we're wormholing. Yes. As one would say. If you know what I mean. So with that in mind, I open up the floor to you two. Especially time travel. So time travel happens a lot in different ways, and... There's no clear rules on time travel. How so? It's all a bit uh, timey-wimey fluid stuff. <clears throat> Some yeah. Jeremy Jeremy type thing? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you slingshot across the sun. Sometimes you, you open... wormhole it. Sometimes you wormhole it. Sometimes you uh, go into a uh, set of ruins and end up in the wild, wild west. And Sometimes you don't even go anywhere. You just get scanned by a probe and fall down on the floor. Yeah. Sometimes you have meetings with the Q. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be, well, they often delve into time travel relevant things in the holodeck as well. Mm-hmm. Not true time travel, that's but not, different time periods I no, I to wouldn't. try and learn something from it. But that's a separate discussion. I mean, the holodeck we itself. do re- recall the times where um, Captain Archer did that. To solve some problem. I don't really remember what it was. Yeah, he kept getting, like, brought into the future. Oh, he went the other way. No, yeah, he got, yeah. Yeah, he got yanked into the future to make sure that the past happened. For the Zindi Cold War? What was it? Well, it was was called the Temporal Cold War. Temporal Cold War. Yeah, so there was... I was just looking at the archival footage today about... When Deep Space Nine got visited by the Temporal Police... Yes, okay, I was just trying no, to think of No, not the Temporal that. Police, the Office of Temporal Affairs. I don't remember that. That sounds so bureaucratic. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of guys that just get to travel around the galaxy and yell at people who mess with the timeline. Oh. And that's just kind of... I guess that's supposed to... Department of Temporal Investigations and the Department of Temporal Affairs. Ah, uh, Department, not the Office. Yes. Because they're in space. So, all right. Here's just a question, just for me. Didn't they also have um, temporal minds at times? Wasn't that something in uh, 
Something Janeway faced. Temporal minds isn't like something that explodes. Something you leave behind, and you hit it, and you get that, that's what I mean. yoinked around, like a yes. Temporal bomb? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember that. I, I, I vaguely remember that. Pockets. Anyways, your question. Mike, alright, so I do recall from the archival footage. Yes, of course. There was a point in time where the Enterprise got caught in a temporal loop. Right. Which, ah, yes. Which, uh, which Enterprise? Which, uh, <laughs> the Enterprise um, D? Enterprise D. Yes. A good ship. A good ship. Not a little ship. A good ship. A good ship. Little. So, I understand getting caught in a temporal loop. What's that? Constitution class? I forget now. Galaxy class. Galaxy, Galaxy class, class, sorry. Voyager was a... That's Voyager it. Voyager was a Constitution class? No. The original Enterprise was Constitution. No, Voyager. Voyager was Intrepid class. Intrepid class. Thank you. Oh, you know your starship classes. I, I know my starships. Your what? My starships. <laughs> I'm going to have another sip of my uh, Bajoran Sunrise here. By the way, you can find the recipe to a Bajoran Sunrise on our future upcoming... Uh, also possibly in the notes for this episode. Maybe. If we're generous. It's delicious, yeah. actually. It, it eventually melts into one color of the Sunrise, but... Well, that's how Sunrises work. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> so... Oh, I, we forgot about temporal vortexes. Vortex. <clears throat> That's another one. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of ways to travel through time. There is. And the the question that I always come up with is why why do you need to go back in time? Well, why don't people if it's so easy, you just fly at warp speed around the sun. Why is it? Why don't people do it all the time? And why isn't the timeline constantly being messed with? Well, that's an interesting thing that I was just looking at in the archival footage. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, well, there are certain events in where time travel is a prominent uh, incursion. Mm-hmm. One of them being the uh, Pogo Paradox, if you recall that. It's, um, it dis- describes itself as this, in which interference to prevent an event actually triggers the same event. So your time travel backwards to prevent something is actually you causing the thing that you went back to prevent. So, time travel could be happening frequently and causing the things that we know as history. So, yeah. then that, that gets into your whole rabbit hole of... Paradoxes I don't know which paradoxes. thing came first. Yeah. The chicken or the egg. Well, the, the whole... Um, when the, uh, when the Enterprise E went, goes back in time on Earth to the... Um, the first uh, warp flight of Zephyr and Cochrane. Zephyr and Cochrane, yes. To stop the Borg from yeah. assimilating Earth. And so they go back yes, in time do. and make sure that... They do. That Technically. But it's like they go back in time Except to make sure the thing happens that already, that already did happen. Yes. So, again... Again, the inverse paradox, in that case, you go back in time to ensure that something does happen that already happened, that already or happened. did you make it happen that already happened. Yeah. I would argue, I don't know, because if you recall from that whole point in time, when the Enterprise fought the Borg Cube, they shot out the Borg Sphere, Yes. as they got caught in the temporal wake, they were seeing Earth change. Yes. And then, because that shouldn't have happened... And then they got stuck in a temporal way, got spat out in early 22nd, 21st, late 21st, yeah, I don't remember. Something like that. At some point. 21st time, century, yeah. Yes. And then Zeph from Cochran, you know, got drunk on something called tequila mm-hmm. with uh, Troy. We'll get back to that later. We'll, we will get back to that later. Oh, that would have been perfect. Uh, what do you call it? Segway? Segway? But, <laughs> but, he gets scared, he runs off into the woods, and eventually Riker and crew and Geordi with his new eyes have to go up there and be like, hey, oh, yeah, the new because eyes. he tells him about the statue. Yes. Did that really freak him out, becoming a statue? Yeah, because he, well, he didn't want any of the fame and the glory and stuff of this. He just wanted to get paid. Yes. He wanted to drink more. Well, and that's always the... I mean, the, don't we all? The different paradox of finding out that your heroes are just, you know, normal people. people, and in that case, just a drunk loser that just happened to be, you know. Shouldn't that have changed more of the timeline once the Enterprise E went back? 
Is that Enterprise E? Yeah, I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. I believe so. Went back into their timeline? Well, I know Star Trek in general is quick to bring up the butterfly effect. Yes, archive. it is. Archival footage. Sorry about that. Yes, archival footage. We'll fix that in post. But but um, throughout the course throughout the course of um, Federation history, um, the butterfly effect is brought up very very often, very frequently. If in fact the butterfly effect has its own effect of itself being brought up frequently it to perpetuate be. itself infinitely, it could it's, be. It's a a butterfly effect of effects of it's butterflies. An immortal butterfly. Yes, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. It just flap until. Anyway, but, so the, the issue is of when something happens, the, the paper that, that um, popularized the butterfly effect was entitled, Does a Butterfly Flapping Its Wings in Idaho Create a Hurricane in Texas? I believe it was further away, but yes. But something to that effect. And the idea I is think it was like the Philippines or something. That like across the typhoon world. in like yeah, Tokyo or something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Something like that. So, one, so the idea is that Sorry. one small movement somewhere causes a trigger. Now, if that was really the case, if that was taken literally, then all these butterflies would be just causing mass human destruction. Or is... are they? <laughs> that is the question. Are the butterflies a real terrorists? The butterfly are the Borg. <laughs> the uh, one of the chaos theories that pro- promoted that was a butterfly fluttering in Rio de Janeiro can change the weather in Chicago. Ah, that was one of them. I'm sure there are others, mm-hmm. but that was the most popular one. So, just for historical that, accuracy, historical accuracy appreciated. So, so you have that issue that. One small change somewhere could cause a horrible cascading effect down the line. And that's why everyone's always freaked out about the timeline. Correct. Because you could just, you know, pop in one day and, you know, buy a pack of cigarettes and that would... But you buying that pack of cigarettes prevents somebody else buying a pack of cigarettes and now they get angry and they kill someone who later would have saved the world. Exactly. Or for a chance of... Or ruined it. Or... Who's to say that, you know, going back in time and saving some whales and giving some guy mm-hmm. the formula to creating a barrier that's less than a millimeter thick mm-hmm. not could change, change the world or change nothing. Who's to say? Yeah. And so sometimes, I think they treat it as sometimes it works out just fine and other times it ruins There's everything. no consistency. No. Well, and there's no but consistency how could there be? in life. Yeah. So. How could there be? In life or in time travel. Unless you're some type of omnipotent being. Omniscient being, like the Q who can move back and forth between timelines. And still screw stuff up. And still screw screw stuff up, but then make it right again? But who's to say what is right? I think that's a more interesting question right there. Because to be honest, it's like, alright, time travel. Yeah, you can move, move back and forth between timelines, but what is... Well, I mean, to think about it, history is only what you were told it was. You can prove things, but if those things went back and were changed, you have no proof to say they weren't what you thought they were. I guess so. I mean, it's it goes into that loop, hence paradoxes, of what changes what, how does it affect other things, and where it, it all beca- becomes a question of where do you set your starting point. So you can set your starting point in the past, and then everything leading up to it is the future. Or you set your starting point now, and then you go backwards. But then you don't know which direction. That's the thing that's tricky about time, and in this instance, time travel, is that nothing is linear. We want it to be linear, because linear makes sense. You can draw a chart here to there. You can plot it. You can plot it. A, B, C, D. Yeah. But... Time travel often is loops and waves and other things that negates being linear. So it it we want it to be simple, straight, but it isn't. Not that. Time so is then, not that. yeah, the the question then of time travel is how do we feel about the effects of it? I guess 
Because we won't know the difference. Those living through it, but those viewing it do. I think that's the interesting question. Yes. Yeah. Now, those in the... Here's another question. Those in the future, like ourselves... How do we view time travel? Because we can see the logs of what people see say what time change. travel was. But to us, it's all history. It all right. looks the same. It looks linear to you us. You can see the points of divergence where things happened. But we can't prove it because, back. yeah, things said they changed, but we only see the proof of this, to use an expression, timeline. Because we want time, again, lines. You know, linear, nice so way. yeah then becomes the question of what is which that goes back to my earlier example the enterprise yes is it me i think it's e. i think it's e. because they go back in time they help zephyr and cochran you know they launch the phoenix into outer space outer space past the moon the vulcans are passing by they catch a signal they come down let's Years, check out what that's what's going do, on yeah, with them peeps. they do first contact correct but years down the line, once Ephraim Cochran is like... Immortalized well, in history. Immortalized in history. They're building his statue. I do remember from the archival footage, he starts warning that there are futuristic space aliens that are cyborgs. And Correct. there are some of them... That there are, are many of them. ...that were trapped in the Arctic. Ah, uh, um, yes. Yeah. Very uh, Captain America-esque, you might say. Who? Uh, that's a good question. You're going way back in the way back. Machine. Oh, that's 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 the mythos that you're talking about. Uh, that's the mythos. About. Yes. That's a whole different... I believe it was Marvell? Marvell? That made that... Stan Lee? Stan Lee. Stan Lee? Separate? St- Together? St- I don't know. Stanley Marvel. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Stanley Marvel. Stan Correct. Lee Marvell. <laughs> made... Stan Lee Marvel, attorney at law. That's... Harvey Bergman? <laughs> <laughs> And back to your question. Back to my question. What was my question? Or line of or train of thought? Yes. Was it linear? I think so. Well, yeah. It's just you know, Zephyr Cochran. He's like he's forewarning. Essentially, the something the the, do... begin, the beginning of the Federation. Yes. That the Borgs exist. Correct. Even though, as time in the archival footage showed us, the first contact the Federation ever had with the Borg. Should have been when Q flung the Enterprise into the far reaches of the universe, of the one galaxy. Of the, one of the quadrants I recall. I can't believe it which. might have been the Delta Quadrant. I want to say I Delta. Think, yeah, Delta. <clears throat> into the Delta Quadrant. Hence Voyager. Yes. Mm-hmm. To co- first come in contact with yes. the Borg. Yes. So, if Zephyr Cochran was warning these things, and I do believe Captain Archer was like, hey, he might have a point. Shouldn't everybody have known that, but they didn't. Well, that that is then the question of when it comes to history, we often only acknowledge history as what is written down, what we can prove, what we see, what happened, in quotes. They had proof of it. They had frozen board bodies. Yes. Somehow, those who are in charge tend to, if they don't agree with said proof, can cover it up. Oh, we getting our foil hats out here? It's something like that. <laughs> okay. So it, it it goes back to the old expression, which I believe has been mentioned on this um, pod before. Wolf three five nine was an inside job. Well, let's not go that far yet, <laughs> but it also kind of was. Well, technically. Technically, you want to get into the whole Lacutus question, but what I was getting at. I'm gonna come back to that. We should. What I was getting at is that history is written by the victor. Correct. So we only know what was written down, what is not in, in a lot of sense we can say proved, but it's only because that's what was put there. So if we don't have physical evidence of it, we just have to trust what was written. So then that becomes a question of those who are writing the history as it's happening, do they put faith in the proof or what they believe? So that, that becomes the question of then time travel. We can go back and say, view these things, this prove them. Is. This is what it is. But then it didn't happen that way. So who was right? Hmm. Well, and there's always the issue, too, of the, uh, you know, the, the, 
multiple universes. That is another issue. That everything everything springs off of the the theory has always been postulated. Change that, something in the past, you'd make a whole new branch of the future. Yeah. And really that every to the subatomic level, every encounter of a particle splits the universe in half. Correct. So Ish. there are, you know, you know, uncountable trillions of universes being created every trillions second. Trillions might be a low number. Yeah. And so at that point, it's just a matter of which path you're traveling along. And how do you know which path you're on? Yeah. And if, and if the universe changes, you just kind of shift paths. And then that comes to the question of, I forget exactly where it came up, but I believe temporal phasing was a thing. Of mm -hmm. you're stuck between multiple universes, you might say. Yeah. So then, how Picard, do you know? Picard was transported was? between three different points in time. Yes. So which one is his point in time? And which one is the real point in time? Exactly. Hmm. It's hard to say. It is. It is hard to say, but this is a very like paradoxical and philosophical discussion. That well, that's well. I believe that is the point of time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is if you can go back and correct things and change things, or can you? Should you? That's another question. Well, the the question is always if you if you correct things, or do you make them better? Do, do you, you make, make them, them worse? better or worse? The same? Do you go back and? Try to affect a change and end up causing the thing you went to back to change. Yeah. Going back to the paradox we mentioned before. There's so many variables that no one being well, can and account I, for all of them. I think that's why the Department of Temporal In, Affairs was established. Was established correct. to just almost put a prime directive on, on time travel. On time travel that like thou shalt not touch. That well, that actually Brings back to the point that I was saying before about Wolf through Shark Nine being an inside job. If you, that was, I, I'm, that I'm was interested the in this one. Well, no, if if you the iconoplast, no, no, you you brought that up. I brought it up initially, and then somebody and said I was that. Anyway, run with it. well, it, it run goes with it. well. It goes back to the point that you know, just the nobility of Starfleet. Mm -hmm. If they have recorded instances where you can go back and change the change the past, change the future, alter timelines, and made things better mm -hmm. or just phase in and out between timelines and change things and you establish a group of temporal police yes to try to keep the status quo does that maintain starfleet as noble as it is or does it prevent progression or does it well. progressive progression is it progressive or regressive how about we talk about that when we come back as some type of segue, as you would say. Thank you to our sponsors, the great taste of Charleston Chew. Oh! We are back discussing... I really uh, hope Charleston Chew sponsors us now. That'd be great. We need money. Even though money doesn't exist. No, no, it does. It does? Or it does. doesn't? It Who's does. to say? Technically. We did say last episode, if we were looking backwards on our timeline, yes, that we have hopefully have sponsors. We did. We did ask for. We them. did ask. Because Do we deserve we them? Back. That's a different question. We don't. <laughs> Not in any sense. No of one word. deserves this stuff. No, I feel. But we sorry would just for like some free money. Free money would be great because I mean, we are providing a good and/or services. Capitalism is back mm -hmm. somehow. Somehow, even though we have replicator technology. Well, see, we're, we're, we're sending our timeline back to the 21st century. Just saying. So we can get money and then pay for our... We're like the we're the immigrants of the 31st time century. Time immigrants. Time yeah. immigrants. Time or, immigrants? just to bring it up, I mean, the Ferengi still use latinum as a form of currency. They did. Oh, yes. And, and other people... Space travel. Already. Correct. Stay tuned to episode 53 when we discuss... Can you not do that? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's a lot more fun. But gotta keep committing to these episodes long before we do them, and nobody's writing this down. We were talking about time travel Correct. and how it is non-linear. To circle back, to circle back, backtrack, backtrack, eight track, eight track, mm -hmm. back. 
to what we were talking Volume about. Volume 2. The nobility of the Federation and Starfleet. They're not. Or are they? Are they? Well, if you think about it, you know. What they, they would like you to think they are. What happened with the Romulus incident, the Romulus incident yes. in the supernova? Yes. Mm-hmm. Romulus is... was destroyed. Completely. Horrifically. Catastrophically. Catastrophically, you would say. Side question. How do they only have 900 million people on Romulus? It seems low. But it does seem low. It, For a big it, I mean, planet. without knowing what you know, it would seem low. And I would just guess randomly on that point. But I don't think it's what we're talking about. Who's here to say that all of Romulus is habitable? Could be like Kronos. Very not habitable in a lot of it. There's hmm. big Just to say, it's a class M planet. I'm, you know, it's funny. I mean, true. The, the more I'm learning Memory about Romulus, that, the more I'm thinking that it's probably like the Romulan Star Empire probably isn't nearly as big as people make it out to be. Probably not. Because it's, like that, that 900 million number just kind of strikes me as just like, wait, is that all the people that are on? Well, it could have been all the people who are on Romulus. There's a Romulan system. Also. Yeah, with Romulus. Yeah, the Romulan Star Empire. Yeah, but I actually don't know like the circumference of Romulus in and of itself. It could be as big as like Mars. Yeah, and and it says the moon or the moon, and like That'll everyone be Earth's moon. All yeah, Romulans have the exact same haircut. It's Simplicity. Some of, it's some type of dictatorship. You would say we're almost conformed to the one thing. Yeah, like like does everyone really need a bowl cut in the twenty fourth century? Or I mean, hey, it keeps the hair out of your eyes. It's nice and level. I suppose so. But we're getting way off topic. I suppose so. <laughs> but I mean, while we are on the subject of Romulus, uh huh. Depending on going back to our universe discussion, there are some universes that Romulus survives. And a certain cousin planet, Falcon, does not. Mm-hmm. So, how does the Federation view this? Which one is true? We, in the future, have the ability to look back and see many universes as the Q had postulated at times. They postulated and actually were correct yes. at that. Yes. They did postulate that humanity one day would supersede them. In their abilities, just because of our desire Progression. to keep exploring and that hunger that drives the human condition. And yes. we have clearly shown that it is true. Yes. Suck it, Q. <laughs> <laughs> also Q's son while we're at it. But, okay. so there then begs the question, those of us looking backwards into time, which again begs another question of time travel, is looking at history itself a form of time travel given that we can view historical documents and how consistent they are archival footage yes those would be the ones so then it it begs the question which universe are we viewing footage of because we can view what some would say are most of them yes because we're bored in this far advanced future yeah and I think the people of the 23rd and 24th centuries for the most part, didn't have agency in that regard. Whatever universe they were in at the time, they lived and did what they could with their time. Agreed. And I think for the majority of people, that's all they gave consideration to. And the ones who tried to change things, for better or worse or whatever, they just... They didn't realize the consequences of their actions. What do you mean? Right. Well, um, was an Admiral Janeway mm-hmm. decided that even though she got herself home, captain at the time, yeah, captain at the time, got herself home, but she just decided at the time became admiral. Then yeah, yes, she just decided she wanted more people. She wanted more of her crew to get home, so she just decided to go back and change time. Yes, correct. And, and it, it, did, and succeeded. it did. It, it changed did. time, and yes. it seemed to work out just fine for all involved. 
seeming something to that effect. But then that goes back to the the question we posed of the events of the USS Calvin and the splinter that you might say happened in time between, depending on which version of that you follow, Romulus survives or Vulcan survives. So where where Vulcan dies or Romulus yeah, and, survives. Yes. How does that affect? How does that affect us historically? Shouldn't we go back and fix that? That's not a question. Should if we go back and fix both? If you're as noble because one as caused the other, can. or inverted, can you go back and save both? And then who gets destroyed in the causality if you're fixing that? Because apparently the universe demands a cost. A sacrifice. Yes. Why though? Because the universe is a Horrible. fickle, a fickle yes. mistress. Yes. I don't know, but like if you if you were, if you if since we have the ability to do such thing. Correct. Do we have the right? Hmm. You have the right, you have the moral obligation to do so. Another question, going back to the nobility. If you're trying to be as noble as you say you are to... And then it, get, it nobility that... depends on your moral compass. And, it, and does nobility demand non-interference? Wouldn't that go back to the prime director? Ah, oh, you jerk. You're welcome. I was going to do one of these. Ah, that would be a segue motion. Thank you. For those who are listening on their auditory devices. Correct. Well, yeah. we don't have video recording, so I think everyone's listening to this. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you have the prime director. We are living it. We are living it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you guys. And actually, no, I'm not. No. You guys can't see this at all. But, I mean, you have the Prime Director that's supposed to just... Both protect and prevent. Keep you on the straight and narrow. So to speak. And then it well, goes back to the question of who's setting the straight and narrow. Yeah, the... The, uh, the straight and narrow is very... The policy, the the biggest guiding... Is this called the Prime Directive? Is the single... The single number one top thing. The yes. most important thing is to keep your nose out of other people's business. And how many times did uh, anyone follow that? Often and never. <sighs> Excellent. So those of you who are listening to this conversation may feel at times, this is going nowhere. Just in circles, constant discussion of the same point, no resolution. And you'd, and be, you'd correct. be correct. That's time travel for you. There is no right or wrong. That's time travel for you. There is no past or future because, hey, time travel, you can go back and change it or cause it. You don't know until it happens. And often, you yourself may not even know. But those in the past or the future will. So there is no real answer to this question. But it brings up another one that we have mentioned a couple times now. The nobility of the Federation of Starfleet and their prime directive. Which is to say non-interference. So, if it is truly a non-interference, I pose this question to you both. Starfleet's pursuit of Class M planets to populate, is that itself following the Prime Directive? Is it a violation of it? the Prime Directive? Correct. Is it, does it make, dare I say... Starfleet and invasive species. I cede the floor to you. I would say, if no one's living there, then squatters' rights. But the thing is, but then that is that interference. From what I recall from the archival footage, there was one point in time, one instance, where the Enterprise, where the Enterprise at one point did seed an M-class planet with a colony. And yes. they were just spaceshipping it along and encountered another planet. Didn't With... that often occur in the neutral zone also? Yeah, it wasn't that far from the neutral zone from what I can remember. Um, but also the redrawing of the neutral zone lines can occasionally kick somebody to the other side of it. How neutral is the neutral zone if you have to keep redrawing it? Exactly. Shouldn't it just be a zone and just be done with it? Why do you need a whole zone? 
Yeah. That's Difference between a hot war and a cold war. But I mean, why can't you just why can't you just draw hot war as weapons? Why can't you just draw a line? Uh, because it's side, space. So even if you draw a line, yeah, it's still space covering is multiple big. galaxies. Yeah, but so how well, finely can you draw a line in space? Who's to you say have that? to have endpoints connecting things. Who's so there's to say that there's gray areas no in between? Already colonizing that space. It's like I don't want any part of your conflict. I don't want to join either one of you guys. Well, I mean, there's definitely been there's always Switzerland's of the of the uh, galactic world, but for those of you in the twenty first century, yeah, that's when we're sending this transmission to exactly. I'm just emphasizing that they they get my references. They think I'm cool. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, so to backtrack a little, how many occurrences in the to use the names of the archival footage, the original series, the next generation, all these other ones, how many of them have occurrences of this exact trope? Seeding a class on planet or a class on planet doing a thing? Class on planet doing a thing and getting rescued from themselves in Maybe. the nick of time. Oh, we happen to be passing by your planet. Find you. Also, because we found you, we can now rescue you from certain doom that you didn't even know was happening because we're so technologically advanced, so. Possibly. That might be a thing. Yes. There. Is that non-interference? If they're not part of the Federation, but because they're human, we save them. Is that interference? I think there has to be limits. I mean, just by going in, not exist? just by going into space, you've interfered. And I think that's probably where most of the um, the interference with the prime, the violations of the Prime Directive, have come from. Is people saying like, well, there has to be limits. Well, there has to be something. There has to be some point where you say, okay, we're going to help these people. Whether or not... Most of the time it's been that. It's just one... Whether or not they ask for it. Whether or not they Well, usually it. they do ask for it, but it's, you know, it's do we... We have the solution to this great disease that will kill off all this population. Do we give this to them and save their lives, or do we let them die off? and let another species take over. Is that the proper course of things? I believe that's a question discussed in, I believe, not answered by, but discussed in Michael Burnham's timeline. Mm -hmm. Because you, you may not be familiar with this, the Great Venomous, but one of the things they, one of the things they discuss is Interfering with a certain species results in that species no longer being the dominant species, but then the recessive species becoming the new dominant. Referring to, I can't remember his name at the moment. When but, you talk uh, about Michael Byrne, were you talking about like USS the Discovery? The USS Discovery, correct. Ah, correct. I but that is, a, is relevant to this discussion. It is. It's a certain archival footage you need to I need catch to up just on. sit down and just watch it. There's just so much archival footage there to watch. Is. I just. But do you follow what I'm going for here? I, I do, I do, and that's always that's the question that always brings up. At one point, is is that a violation of the Prime Directive? And if so, what are the consequences of such violations? We often hear that would be a violation. Well, what is the consequence? Is there one? Well, the con did, the, did the Department of Temporal Affairs make one? The consequence is not known for hundreds or thousands or, you know, even longer periods of time. So then is the Prime Directive effective? Is it noble? If we don't know the consequences. We assume them. Yeah. That's that's where, you know, there's always a question like, you know, could this have a bad outcome? Well, we don't know. Well, we better just not do anything. I think that's where the Prime Directive comes from. Correct. Non-interference is the best interference. Yeah. I, I would postulate that if you're out there and you have the capability to do something good, it would be best to just do as good as you can. And, and then brings back the question of, is good a moral question, or is there proof, not proof, um, 
physicality of good, is there? Well, it's tough too because you can't enforce your um, your belief systems, your culture onto another species. That's what the prime directive was about. That's right. that's primarily what the prime directive is about. You can't. So, you know, is the later evidence, the later actions of people involving the prime directive, an over-application? Well, I think that's a question that it's very hard to answer. Is that maybe a question you would bring up to your ship's counselor? I tend to think that the ship's counselor has is more worried about daddy issues and the great philosophies of life. Do you think you would need to bring that up to a confidant of sorts? Maybe one who has their ear to... Many people who frequent their establishment, some mm -hmm. type of barkeep. Yeah. You know. Well, I, that goes into who really is the ship's counselor. Correct. Is that the one who listens, or the one who the one who's the one who listens, or the one who's been taught how to listen? We'll be back after this. So we are back to the Saturday podcast about who really is the ship's counselor? Mm. Is it the one who has been trained and has many de degrees and doctorates and how to listen and has some telepathic, empathic ability? Or the one then do you even have to listen? That, that's a good question. Yeah, do you think or is the listening just enforcing you saying it yourself? And you reasoning on what? Right. Yeah. Do you, do you think Troy just is kind so of like to, to nodding her head, like, uh huh? No, you're lying to me. You're lying to me. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, I, mean, oh, I know you're times, lying to me. Mm -hmm. Multiple times she does this, especially when she's acting as the ship's counselor, who also happens to have permissions to be on the senior staff. The senior staff. Does she have a commission? Not she, until later. Yeah, a little bit later on, she gets a she gets a command commission. But while we're at it, why does she have permission to be on the senior staff? No, 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 no. Like the, she gets like a, a seat right next to the captain. Yes, the that's what I'm talking. The bridge. Thank you. I was blanking on that hard. Um, yeah, she she has a spot on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Not only any spot, she could be in the corner just listening and viewing. But no, left hand of the captain. Right hand side, you have the first mate. So that makes her the second most powerful person on there in terms second of second mate. Well, perhaps. Well, Data is the second officer. Second officer, but he does not get to sit next to the captain. He does no, not have the he ear does, of the he's captain. He's got work to do. Correct. He has so stuff to do. He does what he's told. She just Whereas sits Troy there and she has, says, "Captain, he feels sad." Troy has influence over the captain's decisions. To be honest. That has come in handy at times. It has. It has. That's probably why she's sitting there. Yeah. It is. Because it's like, oh. So, is it because of her counselor. skill as a counselor or because of her Betazoid abilities? I'd say more it's, more it's because of her Betazoid abilities. Yeah. So, is that... Because, I you, mean, you does a really... Is that very noble to just use her for what her species is capable of? Or oh, because you're going... Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah. You're yeah. going back to we're, the point. We're circling we're around again. We're, 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 we're covering all of the above. Well, this is time travel. Yeah, we are jumping between points in, in the episode. Well, does a battle-hardened captain need a counselor next to him all time to talk Apparently, about his feelings? No, he does not. Apparently, though, he does. Because he did do this. Because he's been through... This goes... Oh, man, we're opening up a whole can of worms right now that we'll save for episode 39. Oh, 39, that's a good one. Sure, we'll go with that. But, I enjoyed that one, recording mm -hmm. it in the past. <laughs> but it, go, it goes to the point that yeah he doesn't need a ship's counselor to like tell him oh what is this person feeling I can just make my own judgment and do whatever I want to do well, that's what he's going to do anyway that's what he was going to do but he's, he still looks over to counselor what is blah 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 and she's like ah. no maybe not that and then he just like okay maybe I shouldn't do what my gut reaction told me to do mm -hmm. 
she might have helped and hinder certain things. To be fair, too, like, Captain Picard was borgified and tortured to within an inch of his life. Had a lot of issues. And the next say. the next time of archival footage, he's completely fine and over all these problems. Well... So she must be a miracle worker. From what we've seen, he's not really over things, but no. he's as far along as he, as he can yeah. be. Yeah. I think within a week's time... He was rolling around the mud with his brother, Robert. Yeah. Robert. On Chateau de Picard. Yeah. That, that's what we should be drinking next time. Yes. Some, oh. sh some Chateau Picard. This is breaking the fourth wall, but they sold that wine. Yes, they did. I, I saw it. Oh, I, I guess that is close I know. to buying it. I think they still have some. I, I believe it's still for sale. I might buy it. Anyway. We can get it brought over by number one. He doesn't know that. That'd be awesome, though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But then, it, uh, while we're talking about Picard, to backtrack a little, we discussed briefly that Troy is the trained psychiatrist slash counselor slash however many other titles you want to give her. But how many others on the ship also happen to fill similar roles to arguably better effects? Are you talking about so? I, I very well could be. How did you become the host just now? Somebody had to. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that I, I think the... I thought I was doing a good job, and then you just stepped into it. I think the thing that comes up is that if you if you want help, you see a counselor. If you want to talk and vent, you see your barkeep. So I have a lot more experience with barkeeps than counselors and mm -hmm. well, most of the time most of the time your barkeep is there. She's she or he has heard everything. Every mm -hmm. story under Sun, suns, moons, stars, stars, nebulas, galaxies, 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 nice, galacticus. I'm gonna have another sip of my Bajoran sunrise here. I'm dry, it makes me sad. But your barkeep has just heard every story, most especially when she is as old as some barkeeps were. Ambiguously old, who you might say. Apparently never ages. No. Black don't crack, man. Oh, correct. And isn't it interesting, too, that in ten, like, they've created an entire place, like, they, everyone has replicators. Yeah. There's a personal replicator. Yeah. You've got a personal replicator. But that, uh, here's a question, then. Uh -huh. Everybody has a personal replicator. Why Where do does Guidance get her wares? She has a full bar of bottles and... Liquids. Well, from what I recall, there are certain things that have been gifted to her that are not... Apparently all of them? Not replicated. Not replicated. I don't mm -hmm. think anything that's behind her bar, outside of when she turns to the replicator, anything that is on the lower shelves that we can see... Yeah. Those are, are gifted. Replicated. Those are gifted. So that means that was bar... The, uh, was the one that Scotty enjoyed? The one we drank on episode one? Yes, that would be the one. Oh, Alderbaran whiskey? That, thank you. That stuff's good. That was, yes. some, that was some very good whiskey. I made some the other day. I was like, oh. But, uh, yeah, so I, I That's think... That's more of a technology tangent. I, I think that's that kind of... back to episode two? Slash 12? 12? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so do you want someone to listen, or do you want actual mental health advice? Yes. From what I recall from... The thing is, from what I, I recall from the archival footage, most of the time is when you're talking to Troy. Yeah, it's like, well, how do you feel about this and that, whatever, and then you work through it. Most of the time, Guinan kind of does the same thing. It's like, well, what do you do? A lot of their do? approaches are similar to each other, except Guinan, so. to the best that we know, does not have empathic abilities. She was from a race of listeners. Yes. From what I can recall, whatever mm -hmm. that And isn't means. that what one covets from a counselor? Yeah. So do you want a beta sword? Do you want an Elorian as your ship's counselor? What kind of stuff? Yeah, Enterprise had a thousand people. 
two ship's counselors would have been... That's not a bad thing to have, yeah. I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I don't think it was the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if Troy had a whole staff. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the medical bay only had four people, apparently. Yeah. I would imagine Troy yeah, that, had at that least That medical bay looked awfully small for a thousand people. And if you do look at it, if you look at it from a certain point of view, you have ten forward. Most of the time, your staff and your non-commissioned crewmen, like your families and you're just citizens, your hairdressers, are I mean, not they really... all had consistently very clean haircuts. They did. They had that one blue guy. Yeah, that's right. Name. He was he was the ship's hairdresser. But you're not going to go down to the ship's counselor when you're having an issue because you're probably thinking, oh, that's just for enlisted only. Let me just go down to 10 forward. Mm-hmm. And who is there? There's Guinan attending the bar. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to her. She's a listener. She's going to listen to what your what your issues are. Mm-hmm. And Mott, she's the civilian bully. Mott, yet. Yes, Mott. That was the Enterprise D. Yes, the Enterprise yeah. D. Well, Mott was the barber, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I said. Hairdresser, barber. The hairdresser, the barber, thing. yes. But yeah, he, he's not going to go down to wherever Troy is and go, hey, I have a problem. He's probably just going to go down to Den 4 and just want somebody to talk to and listen to his problems. Mm-hmm. And your barkeep has heard everything under the sun. And she's just probably going to listen to him and nod her head and pour him a glass of something and just talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all you want. Hey, to be fair, it works even on those who do not consume liquids because she had quite a lot of success rationalizing things with data. Mm-hmm. Who did not go there to imbibe. I mean, he consumed things, but it just didn't affect him. Correct. You had a Worf who was there who was happy that they had prune juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A warrior's drink. <laughs> He's got a point. Yeah, this is gross. So, who's who's your real ship's counselor? So, personally, Guinan. Guinan. Yeah, I think Guinan as well. Sorry, Troy. Sorry, Troy. You are nice, but Riker had dibs, so... <laughs> And with that, <laughs> is that what we're ending? That, I, that's the perfect place to end. I think, think, think Epps is going to call Riker had dibs. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's what it's called. Oh, we found our title. <laughs> Not a moment too soon. And, and, and with that, we thank you. Yakonoplast. Indeed. Lepidant. Yes. And the Great Beanus, thank you very much. And it is customary as in all our episodes, we sign off. Kapla. That was that was okay.